Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany, and with me is my great friend, Joshua Fowler. This podcast is a podcast part of the Ministry League Network of Podcasts and brought to you by Holly Hill Church of Christ and Goodwood Church of Christ. We're glad you're here. Oh, what's up, everybody? We are having a great day, and I'm excited to be here, be with my friend Josh, talking about story, how to tell your story, part two. If you missed part one last week, we'd love for you to go back and listen to it, and uh, not now, though. You can, you, you know, if you're, if you're watching live or listening live, be a part of this conversation and then go back. If you're listening after, you can watch both. You know, we'd love for that, too. But I am well-rested. I had a busy beginning of the week on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I was in Columbia, Tennessee with a bunch of other youth ministers and some wives and uh, some other, I think there were some some young ladies, maybe with children's ministry, but I think, uh, I'm not sure we quite had that there. And uh, But it was fantastic to be able to be together and to sing and to I guess, mingle with each other, have some good food. We had a couple universities come in uh, from all over. Um, they gave us great food. We got some new merch. So I have merch from like three universities. I'm super excited because, you know, who turns down free stuff? But more than that was just being fed. And it was, you know, busy. We were doing stuff from 8 to 11, but... Just being around fellow ministers was energizing. It got me the rest that I needed. We even talked a little bit about Sabbath rest and the importance of of rest and ministry, which is something that I think I and so many others uh, needed to hear for sure. So that's been my week. I've been busy. I didn't get to see Kaysen, but just a little bit on FaceTime. I saw some pictures. So when I got home... Um, that was one of the first things I did after, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to, uh, say hello to my wife, say hello to Kaysen, spend some time and then teach class. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad to be here, but I am a, you know, a little tired, but I am well rested. So we did a podcast on that just recently over the, uh, behind the beards, you know, with, with rest, I, you did. We talked about you rest did. and, uh, it is important. Um, and rest doesn't always mean sleep, right? It I does can get not. A whole whole bunch of sleep and still be completely not rested. So uh, very Correct. very important. I have to say, um, just to begin with, I'm so glad you re-recorded that intro because it playing into one side of my headphones always just like I was like, uh oh, what happened? Oh and yeah, so no, now, it really bugged me. Now that it's in stereo, it's like okay. I have balance in my life now again, and so it's like it's you're great. so welcome. It was Thank always you. bugging me, and I always forgot to to re-record. And I've, one day I said, "You know what? I'm going to do this." And yeah. I pulled out a I pulled out this mic, and I like it. So and I never thought about it until it played, and then I was like, "Oh man, we need to fix that." Um, and I have yeah, no idea much. how it comes out. I have no idea how it comes out on the stream. I haven't paid that much attention to it when it when it's there. So. Maybe that's something that the rest of the audience just has no clue about our suffering. Um, 
but we've been long suffering together, you know, and practicing that discipline of long suffering. <laughs> well, hopefully right. you won't have to practice long suffering during this podcast because we are excited to talk about the art of storytelling, the art of telling your story, sharing your story. And I'm a big, I love, I'm passionate about storytelling. I'm passionate about telling your own story because it's so important. But before we really dig into that again, I like I like this question we have, which is, you know, have you ever tried an off-brand that just didn't measure up? And see, I'm a, I'm, I don't like buying off-brand very often. You know, I, I might buy Walmart or Kroger brand, you know, food items, depending on the food item. But, I'll, you know, if it's, see, but at, see, and Josh is shaking his head no. But see, the, the, the Kroger has, not the Kroger brand, but the private selection which is like their top private, you know, you know, their own brand. That stuff's pretty good. But like their normal brand, I'm like, eh, I'll pass. You know, off-brand, I think the worst off-brand that didn't measure up, and maybe because I came back from spending a few days at what's called the Lodge at, uh, at this retreat, uh, you just, off-brand toilet paper is just unacceptable. Right. I mean, I think we can all agree that there's no debate that off-brand toilet paper just doesn't measure up. Um, no, no, it's awful. <laughs> and if you buy the really cheap stuff on Amazon, there's a reason it's really cheap. We did that one time. It wasn't off-brand, um, but it was inexpensive. It was our first <laughs> Amazon uh, Prime subscription uh, where they just sent it to you every so often, you know. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. oh, this is great. This is cheap. And you get a bunch of rolls, and it shows up, and it's one-ply. Like, no! I don't even know they still made one-ply paper. They do. We had a case of one-ply toilet paper in our house forever. It served as the emergency backup when everything else was out. That's what it went to. So, yeah, you don't skimp. Um, Sam's Cola. I love Sam's, but Sam's Cola is not Coca-Cola. Dr. Thunder is not Dr. Pepper. No. Um, whatever the knockoff of their Mountain Dew is, Mountain Lightning, isn't it? Oh, it's gross. It's it's horrible. It's um, yeah, it's gross. There is it's such awful. a thing as that. And Heather, Heather knows, like she never sends me to the grocery store with a long list of groceries because she shops for the most cost-effective way, and she will spend an <laughs> extra thirty to forty minutes making sure. That she gets, that she saves every quarter, every nickel, every penny that she can on those things. Um, I'm I'm going for it. So, oh yeah, I say, I'm, I'm a little bougie. I like my stuff. If I'm going to the grocery store and I say, "Hey, babe, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you need something?" She will give me two things to buy. Um, not uh, um, not a list. Because, I mean, she's okay with me, with me splurging, if you will, on a few things, but not on the whole grocery shopping list. So, oh, yeah. um, Especially ice cream, right? I mean, it's like, hmm, that's like two bucks, that's seven bucks. I bet you it's worth five more dollars, Catherine. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's I mean, right. there's, a reason the why it's, there's, there's a reason why it's five more dollars. You get what you pay for. Go for the Blue Bill, <laughs> go for the ben, ben and Jerry's, or go for the— The Blue uh, Bunny's pretty good now. Okay, Blue Bunny is pretty good too, but because it's up there in price, you know, I judge things off of price, you know, not off of oh how cheap is it. I'm like, hmm, 
There's a reason what why I, it's that much. What I appreciate about the Blue Bunny is it is still good quality ice cream, even in their low calorie and low sugar flavors. And it doesn't okay. taste artificial. So you have yep. that zero zero sugar added. You can get yep. that stuff. It's not healthy by any means, but it is healthier than just straight ice cream. Um, but it still tastes indulgent. Um, a lot of that healthier ice cream, you taste it, and it's like this is like not even sweet. This is terrible. Not right. even worth the splurge on the on the calories. So, so I mean, um, I just I don't like buying off-brand stuff. Uh, and even when I'm hearing, you know, asking people about even my tech stuff, I'll always ask, is it worth it? You know, should I buy name brand batteries or should I get off-brand batteries? You know, will they last longer? Do they not last longer? And sometimes, what, the only way to find out is to try it. Mm-hmm. Now, I was having a good conversation with one of my friends, and we were talking about batteries for our cameras and I said, you know, and then batteries for like lights and lights are cheaper. And he says, oh, yeah, you can get an off, you know, uh, a cheaper brand battery for your lights. But he goes, but for your battery, some of these cheaper batteries will swell. They might, you know, they might mm-hmm. blow up. He goes, do you want to put that in your really expensive camera? Because that's a whole lot more expensive to replace. So sometimes it's just not even worth the risk. Other times you go, hey, let's see if this drink tastes the same. And we'll buy, you know, and, you, and we made the mistake of buying that what Mr. Thunder or uh, Mountain Lightning or what? Yeah, yeah, sorry, Mountain Lightning thing. Oh my goodness, I will never again. I was like, oh yeah, sure. Those, you know, the per- the only purpose for those are for carnival events where you have to, you know, buy a ton of them, and you're working on a budget, and go here, kid, have this that no one wants, you know. <laughs> well. So, you know, one of the things, and I remember, you know, I think it was Sprite, you know, had the had the commercial there for a while that was um, the authenticity of, of the real thing. Like, you don't want a knockoff. You want the real thing. Um, yeah. And it's all about really what do you desire? Uh, and and is, are you about authenticity? Are you about saving money? Um, are you about quality? Are you about quantity? I mean, with clothes, I have to buy certain brands of clothes because I have a weird length arm for the size of my body, right? So if I buy an extra large button-up shirt, the arms are the right length, but the body is just huge and bulky. And if I buy a large shirt, then, you know, the body fits, but the arms are like three inches too short. It's like capris for arms. Um, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and so if I if I buy, I can go and spend nineteen ninety five on a shirt that fits, but as soon as I wash it, it's too small. So I can pay twenty bucks and wear it once, or I can go pay sixty five dollars for a shirt that is higher quality, and I pay more for it months, but I actually get a longer term to wear out of it. Uh, yeah. Because and that's just because of the way my body is is built. Um, and that's hard for me to get past, but there is something in this conversation about authenticity. Um, we want the real thing. Uh, typically, we don't want a knockoff when we're looking for something that's quality. And I think your example about the batteries was most um, kind of apropos there. Do I want to go take something cheap and put that into something that I've invested 
you know, a lot of money into or something that's valuable? Yeah. Um, or do I want the, the thing that's been tried and tested um, and is and is authentic? Because uh, we don't want knockoffs when it comes to things that are valuable. And I think maybe that's kind of where we draw the line sometimes is we look at, at the value of the things that we're that we are affecting. And if I value it, if I cherish it, then, you know, it gets, it gets, it gets the best because I'm trying to, to protect that investment. Um, and it, and it is just about, about the authenticity. Uh, you look at Jesus, Jesus walked into town, a humble, homeless, um, Messiah, but it's not like yeah. he was coming in with a king's ransom. He didn't have a lot of money. He didn't have a lot of influence. He didn't even really have a lot of followers at the time. Um, but people flocked to him from all over. They heard he was coming. They were waiting for him. And he always had a crowd around him. Um, and what was it that made people so attracted to Jesus? Um, I, I think it's the, the word we keep using, the authenticity or how genuine he was you can fake it and and fool certain people but eventually you're going to be found out and the what was the what we see throughout scripture and throughout the story of jesus is they were trying to poke holes in jesus's character and teaching his whole ministry and when they couldn't poke holes in his character or his ministry, they made up stuff. Mm -hmm. Or they twisted his words and used the Roman, I guess, fear of being overthrown to their advantage. But they could never poke a hole in his authenticity, his genuineness, his character. Because he says, well, one, he was deity. I am God. But he was consistent. And I think that consistency, again, goes back to authenticity. Do you want the real thing? They have a, The reason why name brands are name brands is because they've proven their consistency of making a good quality product. And they also know, let's say, if we're going to use the same thing of a story, they tell a good story. Mm -hmm. People buy a product sometimes just because they've told a good story. And you say, I want what they're selling. People who were listening to Jesus said, I want what he had. I want what he's having, right? I want what he's drinking. I want. And now there were times when Jesus was, was tough. And then he said, you, you have to drink my blood. You have to eat my body. They're like, peace. <laughs> I'm out. But he was consistent. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the key, consistency. Well, of course, a lot of them came because he was doing miracles. Um, yeah. A lot of them came because he was healing people and he was making blind men see and he was doing things that nobody had ever seen before. And a lot of them came because they wanted something. And uh, he wasn't showing the, prejudice while doing it either. The reason the outsiders came was because um, they knew with him what you see is what you get. Um, they had been accustomed to living in a world where um, even the religious leaders, when they came, they didn't really know um, what the motive was behind why it was coming. And here comes Jesus, and he's doing these things. He's 
doing things they've never seen before. He is healing people. He is making lame people walk and blind people see. And everywhere he goes, there are these miraculous things that are in his wake. But what they really saw is things like he could have healed a leper from a distance, but he didn't. And he touched him. Um, He spoke with and he recognized the value of the people who had been devoided of their value. Um, They didn't have a place in society, but they had a place in Jesus. And what they saw when they came to him was they saw this authentic love, this authentic care, and this authentic concern for who they were as people. And they saw that play out. And so they come, and many of them are even willing to hang around through those difficult teachings that they don't understand um, simply because they know that what he is saying um, is true. He believes it. It is just a part of who he is. And if we're going to talk about um, telling our story as a form of, of getting the gospel in front of people, when it's about how has God worked, how has Christ changed my life, what does my story look like, um, being authentic in the way we tell that story um, cannot be overemphasized. Um, it's so important for us to be authentic when we share our story. Yeah, for for and and I think that also requires something that that I'm sure we'll get to is vulnerability. In order to be authentic, you have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You have to let them inside to share your story. You can't just say, "Oh man, I'm going to tell you how great I had it." Okay, what about the time where you where you failed? I want to know that it, that you failed too, and that it's okay when I fail. Now, for Jesus, he didn't fail because he was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. He was deity. But we also see him crying at the tomb of Lazarus. We also see him having compassion on the people. We also see his humanity. Too often, we feel like we can't be vulnerable and show any what we say is weakness. Because, well, then all people will think less of me. Really, people, it's really the opposite. When we let people in, they actually think more. And it's not our motivation, but we can connect. Connections happen through vulnerability. Yeah, and and maybe it depends on who you're talking about, because there are some who will capitalize on your weakness. Oh, yeah, Um, you have have to be smart. You know, there, there are even people... I mean, in our churches, who will who will use that against you? Um, but you're going to find that wherever you go. Um, Jesus yeah. found that in his ministry. The early church found that, you know, in their in their lives going on, that that there were people who were waiting in the wings to pounce any time a weakness was was revealed. Um, but that doesn't stop us from doing what we're asked um, or even commanded. Um, why is authenticity so important? when we are telling story, uh, it's important because that's what people connect with. Um, I've talked with with church leaders for a long time. There's this great fear. I mean, we talked about this some when we talked about tradition. Um, But there is this fear that we are losing our children um, in the church and that this generation is just slowly moving away. And they're asking why. And, and a lot of churches are going to all different kinds of, of lengths to try to captivate our children. 
Um, and I've and I've told church leaders all the time when we when we talk about this, even our own leaders, like it's not about. I mean, do they want to sing different songs? Yes, they want to sing different songs. Do they have a different understanding or a different desire about the way we live life? Absolutely, they do. But that's not what is making our kids move away from Christianity. What's making our kids move away from Christianity is they do not see an authenticity in our story. We are singing, praying, praising, and proclaiming something on Sunday that we aren't living on Monday through Friday or Saturday. Um, we are constantly asking Christ and Christianity to make concessions for the other things that we have in life. And it's not consistent with what they see as preaching and proclaiming in Scripture. That they want an authentic life, an authentic faith that they can really invest in. I mean, it's not about lights, it's not about smoke, it's not about fog, it's not about music. Um, it's about living the life that you have professed guides your world. And that is the true for the people in the world as well. You know, they don't care what you have to offer. They just want to know, is it authentic? And if it's authentic, I see it worth investing in. And so when I tell my story, it is so important that that, that authenticity is there, that real experience is there, and that it's about my story and the way Christ has impacted my life in a very real and powerful way. And when those things come together, it provides a space for the Holy Spirit to work in ways that we just can't um, concoct, you know. So, Absolutely. And and I wish I could find it. I tried to do a, a quick search, and but um, when you ask people, what do you think people really value why do they why do they why do they go to church it it isn't oh because you said because i like the music or i like the singing or i like you know the entertainment stuff whether it's you you know have all the fancy lights or you have fill in the blank bumper videos it, or <laughs> it yeah i mean hey hey i feel attacked but it it's it, <laughs> man but it's it's it. like one of it's yeah are the are the like the tech around i mean i'm like okay yeah it's valuable it's a tool they don't come for that stuff they come for to learn about god and for connections can i what can i and and i know we shouldn't be asking what can i get out of it they want to put something in it and sometimes we're saying your story is not allowed here but you only have to listen to our story. Your story is not allowed here. It's all about his story. It is about his story. It is about Jesus' story. Don't mishear us. But without our story, we can't take the message to the world. Our story and his story do go together. And if we're not allowing people to come with their story and say, here's where I am. No, we don't do that here. It's like watching the Bob Newhart uh, video, Stop It, right? And she'll be saying, oh, you know, when I was young, my mother, no, no, no. We don't do that here. It's almost like we're telling people, you can come, but don't bring your problems. Don't share your story because then it gets messy. People want messy because that's how they can get healing. That's how they, if I can share my story because I want you to, to mourn with me. If I'm mourning... The Bible says, mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep. But it also says, rejoice with those who rejoice. We like doing that one. <laughs> we yeah. don't like the other. We don't like the tough ones. That's too so, much work. 
What's your favorite movie or movie series? Oh, I man, that's tough. That's tough. I just you know, I mean, I like Lord of the Rings, obviously, because of my nickname. But that's but I would say with movies. I'm more of a TV series, but I don't know. That's fine. What's your favorite series? Oh, Psych. Psych is fantastic. I love Psych. So what <laughs> what connects you to the story that's told in Psych? It's more of just the the goofiness and the, the sense of humor. But the story really is – the whole story is how he, he started with a lie, really. <laughs> which is not what we're advocating but the story right. is as how he's going to use his i guess his brilliance right his his ability to observe to to do good but also his maturity throughout the series of this un you know this this irresponsible man child learning how to move throughout maturity into a responsible adult Right. It's kind of the is is really a hidden plot throughout the whole series. And I do realize I just put you on the spot there without giving you any warning. That you I was did ask you that question. You did. Um, I got a little nervous. That's okay. In, in ours, it's The Office, right? In our house, especially <laughs> with my boys. You know, we watch The Office, and um, it's just one of our favorite series. It's hilarious. Um, there are some episodes, or maybe moments in each episode that. I'm watching, and I'm going, I can't believe I'm watching this with my kids, and I can't believe <laughs> that this is actually in my house. Because there are some wildly inappropriate things in there. But you see the story of real life. You see, you know, a boss who so desperately wants to be liked by everyone. Um, that he's in this position of power and authority, but he, you, he, would, he would trade away all the power and authority just to be one of the people. That he, he still wants to be included. He wants to be a friend. Um, and he wants to be the cool boss that everybody likes and talks about. Um, you see the characters and, and the different ways they come about. Uh, Jim and Pam ultimately end up meeting there, and you see their love story you know, bloom. And the bumps along the way where things just don't line up. And you connect with it because it's real. You're like, I've lived that. Um, yeah. I under I understand that struggle. Even though that guy is a punk and I can't stand him, I get I get his struggle because, you know, we, we understand that desire and the balance that you have to carry between doing your job the right way and, and being accepted by the people who you're around every day. And so when we tell our story um, and when we tell our story as a part of God's story and when we listen to the stories of the people that we come into contact with, we develop that very deep connection not just to one another, but we find those ways to connect other people into the story of God. Yeah. And when we find that connection, we find value, right? When we yeah. figure out how my story plugs into God's narrative, and when other people, no matter how broken and bruised they may feel, when they realize that God has been is asking them to graft their story into his as well, um, we find that compassion in him. And then the vulnerability that is required to be storytellers um, is not nearly as difficult a task because we recognize that we have value in Christ. And our story makes a difference. Our story belongs. It contributes along the way. 
It's not just some tangential thing that's floating out in space that could be easily cut. Absolutely. It's a story that has value to Jesus. Um, and I, I think that's where this really comes into play when it comes to connecting people to the compassion of God um, through the telling of their story. And we demonstrate that by the way we tell our own. Um, and, and like we said last week, no matter where you are in your life or in your story, it's not over. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll say, oh man, let me tell you my life story. So, so <laughs> I used to, you know, we don't say that. Let me tell you my story. I used to be here and I finally got here and I've arrived. Well, hold, hold up. Um, so you never suffer anymore? You, you don't have any bad times anymore? Because man, my life before Jesus was awful. Now it's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with telling a story like that. But what also we need to be vulnerable with is even after I dedicated my life here's how it's it's still hard it's still a fight but it's made maybe but I'm fine strength and perseverance because of Jesus or because of the strength I have within him we don't like telling that story because that means I have to admit that even after dedicating my life to Christ that maybe I didn't come out perfect out of the water Right. Not, you know, we, we like to imagine that, yeah, we're new, we're raised a new creation, but now, man, you know how long it lasted before I, you know, before I was no longer perfect when I came out of the water? Less than an hour. <laughs> and there I am again. I have sin in my life. It's like we act like it's a, um, it'll completely revolutionize us, and now we're a walking embodiment of what it look means to be a Christian. Not necessarily. We're still who we were the day before. We're just now saying, I'm going to walk with Jesus now. And I have forgiveness. I have, you know, my sins cleansed. I now walk in newness of life. But I'm still struggling with the very same thing I was struggling with five minutes ago. That isn't just, that the temptation just doesn't go away any longer. So, man, I still fight every day to fight some of these temptations. And here's how I can persevere. That story takes a whole lot more effort. And a whole lot more openness. Now, I'm not saying you should walk up to anybody and say, here's what I struggle with. Overshare. You know, don't do not do that. But we need that person or those friends, those people that we can go to and say, hey, I've, I've been there. Or maybe, hey, I'm here still. And I'm still working on myself. It's like the skit guys in their chisel video. Right? It's, oh, man. It's... Man, God, we've worked good enough for a little while. I feel pretty good about myself. Can, can we take a break from working on myself? The story's over now. I feel good. I look good. No, God's still not done working on my life. And it might be uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm glad Aaron prefaces this by saying he's getting gas, so um, he's not unsafely <laughs> commenting and driving. But, uh, you know, when telling an authentic story, we have to be honest, and we can't be afraid to tell the true story of Christ a suffering savior in the same way we have to be honest in telling our stories. Um, do you know how old I was when I realized that my story had value? You have a guess. I would say, let's say it's been the last five or 10 years. Yeah. I was 35. Yeah. I was 35. I'm, I just turned 44. Um, I was sitting at a camp. We were up in we were in York, Nebraska, 
I was there by myself, just kind of checking this place out. Some people had recommended it. I went up there. I taught. I went through a couple of things. But I didn't have any kids with me. And so I was just the whole week I was exploring. And I was sitting with a bunch of kids and, and guys who were giving their testimonies. And one guy gave his testimony about his story before. And he talked about, you know, the life that he had led. He was, you know, a drug addict. He had been in and out of rehab. He had served time in juvie. Um, he had served time in a other detention facility. And in that detention facility, he met a minister who introduced him to the gospel. And he talked about his life and how it has changed and all that stuff. And I've had to follow him. And so I got up. And here, this guy is probably 20, 24 at the time. And I'm 35. And I said, you know, after hearing a story like that, my story is pretty boring. Um. I said, I was born and raised in the church. Um, I was born on a Tuesday, and I was at church on Wednesday. Uh, But I've always been in the church. I was a rule follower. I've never had any issues with drugs or alcohol. I've never been in trouble with the law. Um, My parents were Christian. My grandparents were Christian. My great-grandparents were Christian. I've never known anything different. Um, But I do know that God is good. And I got in the middle of that, and this guy stands up, and he says, let me stop you for a second. I said, don't discount your story. Don't discount your story. He said, because, and here's the truth, he said, even though you were born and raised in the church, um, where would you be without Jesus? I said, well, without Christ, I don't have any hope for life after this life. He said, exactly right. And guess what? When I was in the midst of my drug habit, guess where I was without Jesus? Without Jesus, I didn't have any hope for life after this life. So it doesn't matter what the arc of your story is, the truth is we're all in the same boat and we all need Jesus. And connecting, you know, that to the story of Christ is one of those things that we do no matter where we are. And that whether you have a story that's really, really dramatic or a story that you might think is a little bland, the truth is without Christ we're all lost. And with Christ, we have hope for a future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the, the best things that anyone could have ever done to me. Because I always grew up feeling like my story had less value because it was boring. Um, and it took, a, it took a man 10 to 12 years younger than me to stand up and say, you do realize that even though you were a good boy and even though you followed the rules, you were still lost without Jesus, and he still changed your life. Um, And so it's, um, we've got to be willing to address those vulnerable things, even to be open and to be honest and uh, and allow that vulnerability to bring us to a place where we're willing to explore those deep things about Christ. Absolutely. Um, What's Matthew, uh, Matthew Ballantyne right here. As followers of Christ, we can't separate our story from Christ's story. Uh, my story begins when I started living his. I, and I love that sentiment as well. Um, Definitely. And, 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 and Matthew, um, I love you, and, and I'm going to disagree a little bit. Because um, uh, as, as our overarching story we're telling here, and, and I think, and I, ooh, I just hit my, see, I need to get a new stand. It's going <laughs> to, so um, I, I said that all the time until, oh, man, maybe two, three years ago. And it hit me, maybe through a conversation with someone, 
But if my story began before I started living a life of Christ, because I was lost. If we if we forget to share the time of, and I was lost. My story began really at birth, and here's a life I was leading, trying to do life myself. That's an important part of our story. Now my story, my new story begins, like part two. You know, if, if you're reading a series, part one, or the beginning of the story, the prequel, you know, maybe it's, you know, whatever you want to call it, is important background information because the here's my new life doesn't, isn't as powerful without the here's where I once was. But now it's important for us to share, I have started my life over. I am a new creation. And here's now where my story now is becomes a new story. The old has passed away, the new has come, and I'm no longer living my old story. And I think that's important to tell when it comes to our story is it's okay to let the old story die. But we can't forget the old story, but I'm not looking backwards any longer. But it still makes me a part of who I am. I want to forget the old story. I don't I don't need to know where I've been to understand where I've come from. Just like Rahab. Why does Rahab have to still be Rahab the prostitute in Hebrews 11? Yeah, um, that makes sense, too. You know, and so, I mean, it is important, and it doesn't denounce that that's a part of our story. But I think there is something about being a new creation. If anyone yeah. is in Christ, he is a new, the old is gone. You are not that man anymore. You know, that is in the past. It is history. And what does Paul say? You know, I don't look at what's in the past. I look forward, and I strain for what is ahead. And so I think, you know, you're kind of talking about two things, and you're, you're essentially saying the same thing, that it's okay that we don't have to continue to be defined by that. Oh, but yeah. it is good no. to, to yeah. recognize the power that comes from that transformation in the story. Um, but at the same time, you know, we are called you're a new creation. You have put off the old self. You put on a yeah. new self. And... And maybe it's kind of like a scene change or an act change, right? Act one is done. You can't change anything about act one. It's in the books. Yeah, but in act two, it. we can begin to look towards the resolution. Um, we can every problem. Yeah. curtain. And, yeah. Every problem in movies, TV shows, plays, whatever you want to call musicals, which are plays, um, they always have big problems when the characters try to change what happened in Act 1 and Act 2. Let me change what happened. And then what happens? It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. It's it snowballs. gets worse. Every time. But, but in, and so maybe I, I agree in, in a different light. Because I do think it, it's that our new story. And, I, and that, that would be really the only difference I would say in that, sen- in that, yeah. in that sentiment. Because my, my new story is worth sharing. Because now I'm new. I don't have to be who I am or who I was. And for those who are lost, having them here, I can either, what, I don't have to be defined by my mistakes is huge. What's one of the biggest things we hear? You don't know what I've done. When I was talking to one of our youth group members uh, growing up, uh, I got real close to her. And um, I won't say any names, obviously, but I asked her, I said, why, why haven't you become a Christian yet? You know, why, why haven't you, and by, and by that, it was, you know, why, why haven't you, why haven't you decided to be baptized and, and enter into the church, have your sins forgiven and, and walk in newness of life? Why haven't you made that step? She said, you know everything, 
you know what you need to do and you haven't you haven't done that yet and her comment was well i'll and she compared herself to myself and a few other people in the youth group who um who were you know some of the leaders in the youth group saying i just don't know if i can you know be as good as you guys or i don't know if i can get to where you guys are and i said what's that have to do with anything <laughs> i said well one right. uh you really don't know what i've done and you don't know what i'm currently struggling with i mean we're close but there's some things in my life that that i that, that are very problematic that, that i'm working on we're not perfect and you don't have to be perfect in fact if i was perfect there would be no need for jesus <laughs> Mm-hmm. So for me That's to right. wait to be perfect, for me to be immersed and become a new creation, if I'm perfect, there's no need for me to be a new creation. <laughs> right. And, and and to help people understand, listen, your story can begin anew. You can have newness of life where that doesn't define you anymore. And you get yeah, to choose right. from this moment on how you'll live. Choose this day from whom you will serve. But for me and my household, I will serve the Lord. So I have this uh, prayer impact list, but uh, we can save it until next time when we uh, kind of start an epic, because I think it uh, make a yes. good little intro as to as to that how that goes. Preview. Uh, that's right. John Eldred's book, Epic. Read it. Pick it up. Read it. Easy read. Uh, we're going to go through that over the next uh, three or four weeks. Pick out some uh, highlights and discuss them. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited. Is that, so I guess we're going to wrap up because we, we're, it looks like we're out of time. And uh, I hear the doorbell ringing. And uh, so I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe they'll, you know, stay. But um, we're glad you're here. Um, we'll see what happens. I might get in trouble in a little bit. But that's okay because we're doing important work. We're talking to you guys about how to walk in the way of the cross and that's what the Crossways podcast is all about, is how we can talk, uh, how we can walk in the way of the cross. And we want to remind you of 1 Peter 2, verse 21, uh, a very great passage um, that I, I like a lot, that says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. We want to thank the Ministry League for allowing us to be a part of their, their line of network of podcasts. And we're always here on Thursdays at 12 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. Bring a lunch, bring your lunch, eat with us, discuss with us so we can learn together. We'll see you guys next week.